It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Today's episode is about the evolution of classical music the future of symphonies, and how new generations can ensure this 200-year-old music genre lives on. Our guest, Ryan Haskins, serves as both music director and conductor of the Sioux City Symphony Orchestra. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Great to be with you, Susan. Looking forward to this. Yeah, so Panasonic's a 100-year-old company, and uh, most of the things we talk about aren't older than we are, but 200-year-old genre of music, I love it. And, and perhaps even older, but we won't go there. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. And things older than me, I feel like a dinosaur most days, but so uh, um, I'm a newbie compared to classical music. So I, I just, I've read some of your um, background and, and some of the things you've been up to. I'm just fascinated. I can't wait to, uh, to pick your brain a little bit here today. So in your let's dive in. Yeah, in your role at Sioux City, and first of all, we are talking Sioux City, Iowa, right? We are, yes, okay. uh, up in the northwestern uh, pocket of Iowa, a uh, beautiful little pocket there in the state. Nice. I don't know if there are any other Sioux cities, but who knew Iowa was such a um, adventurous sort with uh, symphony orchestra? But so tell us about your work there. Um, you're working with musicians and inspiring audiences and creating a new approach for classical music. Uh, give me a brief overview on your work and what is involved there. Well, my relationship with the orchestra started actually 12 years ago, um, which is hard to believe that all this time has gone by. I actually was in the, the UK when I first heard about the opening uh, and w- was uh, preparing for my trip back to the States and saw that the uh, the job had opened up and applied and the rest is history. Um, but uh, it is truly a unique place and and most people think Sioux City or Iowa in general um, you know there's the the stereotypical flyover country um, but as you've said it is really a, a beautiful little pocket um, that through our conversation you know I think you'll realize that it has really expanded into far beyond you know the city limits especially with our advancement of technology. And uh, my goal there from day one really has been focused on accessibility. Uh, Unfortunately, in in classical music, we're always dealing with these stereotypes and uh, that that have come along through the through the ages that, you know, music is classical music is boring and stuffy and gray haired and, um, you know, the, the goal is always to sort of focus on that and to change and to open up um, to not only listeners who have been with us for so many years into new experience, but also to expose a new listening audience along the way. I love that. So you have kind of a twofold uh, avenue to pursue, right? The people who already know it, get them to know it and like it in a new way. And then people who don't know it, get them to discover it and like it for the first time. Exactly. And and the magic of all of it is that we all show up 
in the same space at the same time uh, and us on stage and the audience in the house and in Sioux City we're also graced with an incredible venue the Orpheum Theater which seats just around 2400 people oh, which wow. is really remarkable um, but you know the, the the idea is that you can have 2400 audience members experience the same music the same performance and each go away with a new experience something different from from our neighbor that sat next to us for that entire performance so it's really um invigorating it's exciting it's electric and this is what we love about our art sure that's got to be such a, a reward as a as a musician, an artist, a conductor, you, you've played all around the world and conducted all around the world. What's one of the most rewarding experiences or one of? I know sometimes it's hardest to pick the most, but just in terms of um, something that stands out to you, like just blew you away from the experience it gave you as the conductor. Uh, you're right. It's a very, very difficult question. Um, but I would say, in general, the, the best part of my job is that I get to work with incredible people, incredible in individuals, wherever I am in the world. Um, and um, early on in my years, I was based in Europe quite a bit uh, and traveled along around uh, the, the sort of paths um, that took me throughout Germany and England and uh, Wales and uh, some other really adventurous programs in, in Italy. Um, then back here in the States, uh, I've had the opportunity um, to be involved with other orchestras and other organizations in very unique uh, uh, ways. And it all comes down to the experience which is brought to me by, by the individuals that are involved. Um, whether it's a guest artist um, or, or the musicians within the orchestra. And it, I would think focused specifically on Sioux City. And this is another reason why I find myself, you know, venturing into to a 12th year, not just because of the community, which I hope we can talk about, um, but the musicians. They, they, they travel, they come to Sioux City wanting to um, be a part of something unique and special. Um, and let's face it, I, I can't do anything without the musicians. Sure. I can wave my arms and nothing will happen. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm a little dependent on that. Um, so th I think that's the greatest takeaway for me is, is the interaction with just an incredible collection of, of people. Yeah, and, and the interaction with people you're referring to are those who are the performers, but you're also interacting with your audience and um, inspiring them, right? And um, through the pandemic, so many um, people, especially young people, have been inspired to listen to orchestra music as a way to relax. Do you think that's had an impact on the trajectory of some symphonies? For sure, that that is definitely something has come that has come out of these last several months that we're surviving um, slowly, but we're getting through it. Um, but I think more importantly, um, it's focused on what what is the mission of classical music? What is the art form really about? And if we're not as programmers and as directors and as visionaries, I'm not, I'm not one of those, but there, there are greater people than I that can be called visionaries, but any of these individuals who are in charge of promoting or bringing the music to the people, I think they really have to focus on what is most important. And, and for me, that is how it's shared with the individual. In Sioux City, it's very unique. You know, we, we, I started there and you know, it's, it's like testing the water, figuring out the community, figuring out the audience, and then figuring out how we can grow. And um, if 
someone stays inside of a box and just knows what they know and, and sort of plows through it and, and doesn't take any chances or risks, uh, for me, that's, there's no point to that. Um, and so we sort of define ourselves um, there in Sioux City with these huge risks um, I love it. And, and, and chances that we, that we propose, that I propose, and then uh, through the, our staff and our board and then the community, we have just built this amazing world of trust that um, these chances and these risks have borne the most incredible collaborations and programs that you, in some cases, wouldn't see in a major city uh, somewhere else in the world. Right, right. So one of the chances or risks I'm sure you had to take recently, right, when things got locked down, you had to figure out a way to bring the symphony home to people and and, um, in a very quick time period. And then, uh, you know, to help your, your vision about bringing your creativity and, and experience with music beyond Sioux City. So talk about how you're doing that in terms of you had to maintain your season and get, get the music to the people. It's a great question. Um, and I think a lot of us within the industry, a lot of orchestras on the around the world, opera companies, theater companies, all had to ask this question. And we all answered it differently because we were all in different stages before the pandemic hit. Right. In Sioux City, we, you know, for several years before, we're, we're testing out the idea, exploring the ideas of bringing more technology into the performance space. And yet, um, keeping our eye on what's most important. So not getting in the way of the tradition, not saying that this will replace that live performance aspect because there's no way it can. That electricity, that, that vibrancy of the performance, that washing over of sound when you're sitting in the hall cannot be replicated no matter how good the equipment is. Um, but through this technology, it is a way to bring in perhaps a new generation or just someone who never thought they had access to what was going on inside of these four walls. We have people in Iowa, and, and, and you know, it, it's not unique to Sioux City. It's, I've heard the same stories so many other places, but there are people who live within the city who don't even know what's going on, who were born in the city and don't even know about what's going on in, in, inside the building. That's a problem for me to figure out. You know, I always tell people the biggest challenge wherever I am, whatever orchestra I'm working with, the biggest challenge is to get them through those big wooden doors at the front of the hall. Once they're in, they're going to experience something remarkable, but it's getting them to step foot in. And what this technology has allowed us to do is to put it out there and put it in their face and not only just let them experience a performance, but be in very unique um, scenarios where you're you're up close and personal with the principal cellist, or you're watching the harpist pluck the string, and you watch the string vibrate close, you know, close up in 4K, or the, just the perspective from the stage looking out into the audience. These kind of right. thoughts you you don't experience as an audience member. So now we have this whole new world that has opened up that we even find regular symphony goers going to the concert and then going back and watching it and watching because it brings this whole other element to what they experience and love. I was going to say what you what you lost if you will in the live experience you gained in that 
uh, vantage point from what a camera can capture or the different camera angles. So it, it's fascinating that you have seen folks consume both medium, right? And, and watch it live and then watch it um, from the streaming that you're doing. And Exactly. And, and that is a, you know, the question now in the industry is, okay, we're through a pandemic, we have all of these technological advancements and all of these concepts, will we continue to use them? And for me, it's a very simple answer. The answer is yes, of course, because we have now, as you started the conversation, this evolution of where we are right now, um, like it or not, it adds, it, it, it accentuates that experience. It allows us to experience something new and different. And why not? You know, the, the old saying that classical music is dying, you know, I, I just laugh at that because it's not and, and it won't because of the richness and the tradition and how just good this music is. It won't. Right. But it does need to move forward through time. And that doesn't necessarily mean something written today or, to, or yesterday, but something that was written 200, 250, 300 years ago can still survive within this new world of new listeners mm -hmm. or people who are appreciating classical music in just new and different ways today. For sure. And accessibility has to play into that in a big way for for people to have the opportunity to be exposed to it more than they potentially the you know didn't have access to walk through the wood doors as you say but now they can um at least appreciate it and experience it from a from a video capture or a live stream or however you're um transferring transporting it and we as artists, that, that's what we need. I mean, you know, classical music or music in general has served many different purposes through time, you know, as entertainment uh, in the courts for royalty, you know, snap the fingers and the performance has to happen at this time because I want to serve a salad uh, only for this 15 minutes and then the music goes away. Okay, fine, we'll write a piece of music for that. That's a little out there, but <laughs> the that's the basic music. idea. Right. <laughs> The salad music or, of course, dance music or, you know, uh, more formal occasions. And through time and through the, the evolution of classical music, that aspect of music evolved to where composers were writing not for a purpose, but for expression, for bringing what was going on either with themselves, around them, or just what was inside their head, putting it down on paper and sharing it. And we can now go back and relive those moments. It's the same thing we're experiencing today with all of these advancements. We're able to share all of these different types of music, um, regardless of where we are. And it's, you know, it's, it's far beyond just classical music. It all relates. It's all the same chords. It's all the same notes. <laughs> Whether it's Lady Gaga or Beethoven, it's all the same notes. Yeah, that's amazing. So you're you're um, you host some workshops uh, for young and aspiring musicians. What are some of the things that you cover in those workshops? What is some advice you have for aspiring musicians that might be listening to today's podcast? Well, the main reason why I'm so focused on the next generation of of young people, not necessarily performers, although that's great, or even composers, which I am also a huge advocate of, of new American music, especially the next generation of composers, because I think that's important to continue the, the traditions and to perform brand new music. A huge proponent to programming in Sioux City. 
the main reason for me why I'm so uh, passionate about that is because I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Uh, you know, I had incredible mentors growing up who were always there and allowing me to experience um, you know, a, a, a plethora of op opportunities when it came to performance or even conducting. I started violin when I was barely four. Piano was when I was eight. And then, you know, didn't really start conducting until I was in my late teens. Wow. Um, but because I had the right people in the right place, I was able to take part in all of the, that sort of stepwise motion to where I am today. So I am... Um, I always I go out of my way whenever I see the opportunity to share that. I'm no I, I'm I'm not a a master teacher. I am not the the end all. I don't know everything. I myself am still learning, but I do feel like there is knowledge and there is experience that I can start to share, uh, especially for that next generation, and also bring to life, especially especially with young composers this opportunity of promotion of new American music, which, you know, sometimes in here in America, we don't hear much of. Um, yeah. And it's thrilling and exciting. Um, and it's challenging, which sometimes on the on the musician side of things might be, you know, a, a little grumbling because we have to go through these new pieces and new techniques and new ideas and new concepts. But it is so important because we wouldn't have Beethoven, we wouldn't have Stravinsky, we wouldn't have any of these composers if we'd never experienced them to begin with. Yeah. What a beautiful way to honor the gifts that you were given, the generosity that you received. Um, there's no better way than to pay it forward, right? That's what you're doing. And um, those mentors that you had, I'm sure are very proud of you. And, and the folks that are receiving your gifts, I'm sure are very grateful like you were. What a, what a great cycle you're, you've got going on. <laughs> it builds community, right? It absolutely does. And it's so important. And it's wherever, whatever orchestra I'm working with, and, and because I've been in Sioux City for so long, um, you know, it, it sort of has adopted this concept. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, the, that outreach and that concept of education within our community and community surrounding is so important. Um, you know, for many communities out there, we are the preeminent, we are the only performing arts organization that they have access to. Wow. So we have students who travel in, you know, in some cases, a hundred miles to come and be a part of something that we're performing in Sioux City. Um, um, not just because they, you know, the way they like me dancing on the podium when, when we perform, it, it's more, more for access to that, uh, to that, to the art form and to the excitement. And when, when that happens, um, that really is what our art is about. The sharing, uh, of, of live performance, uh, in this incredible, incredible world of, of classical music. It sounds like you really have, um, found a wonderful spot in Sioux City, and that community plays a significant role for uh, the success of your symphony. Talk a little bit more about that Sioux City community in terms of the um, maybe the talent or the, the um, artists or even just the, the folks who come and, and appreciate what you do. 
It's, uh, I'm so glad you asked about it. It's with, with the greatest respect, I call it my laboratory because, um, you know, we, we are able to do things in Sioux City, like I said earlier, that, that you just can't in other, in other places. Um, and that's for a couple of reasons. It's just not a coincidence. One, it's because of the musicians. Uh, you know, we are in that northwestern pocket, but that is a, a you know, a, a hop over the river is Nebraska, a stone's throw down the road is South Dakota, and then we have musicians that come in from Kansas City and uh, Wisconsin and all over, um, all right into that little area there uh, on the Missouri River um, to be a part of what we have developed um, as, as traditional or untraditional performance as possible. And, and mixing and matching is sort of one of the great excitements that, that I have in programming a season. Um, definitely the musicians. Then, of course, the board of directors uh, and, and the individuals who are involved specifically within the organization it wouldn't work if we were all over the place. It, it is so important, especially with a smaller organization, that we're all focused and on the same page. Um, and it doesn't mean like we wake up every morning and we're all on the same page. It requires a lot of communication. So I, I live in Toronto, um, so I commute um, oh, there wow. about two two weeks every month usually. Um, and so um, to think that when I'm done in Sioux City with rehearsals and fundraising uh, events and et cetera, et cetera, and I hang my coat up in Sioux City and go away and don't ever think about Sioux City until I come back is laughable. Sure. <laughs> there's, there's not a day that goes by um, wherever I am or whatever I'm doing that I'm not always thinking about Sioux City because it requires that amount of focus and attention, and it deserves that amount of attention and focus. Um, so that's one thing, staff and board, of course, uh, the second. And the third, of course, is the community. Um, you know, when, when I first arrived, uh, meeting the community was so important, getting into the community and, and meeting these folks, some of which had been attending, uh, their families had been attending for generations. Um, you, know, you know, you love the, the, the conversation when the older woman walks up with her cane and talks about the first time she heard the Sioux City Symphony Orchestra was in the third grade at a performance, an educational performance. Wow. And that, for those experiences, <laughs> tie it all together, right? You have someone who just flew in from Chicago because they're flying back and forth from Iowa to Chicago for do, to do business, come back from Chicago, jump to the concert, experience it because they would never miss a concert ever. Or you have a farmer who, you know, maybe once in every five years comes to the symphony and he's in my face crying about how emotionally charged the performance that he just witnessed was. It is this incredible mix of people that make that city not just drive, but be on fire for so many things. And um, whenever we bring in guest artists, you know, we, we are so lucky to bring in guest artists from around the world. We could have guest artists who perform with the Berlin Philharmonic or in Tokyo and fly in the next wow. day, perform in Sioux City, and they're off to LA or Sydney or wherever. Um, and whenever guest artists come in for the first time, it's always the same conversation. It's sort of this, um, this, eye-opening experience for them to realize that this is happening right here and they never in some cases had heard of the orchestra before. So this is really thrilling because 
you know, through obviously this, these advancements that we've recently made, pe- people are now able to see what we're doing Fabulous. and hear about what we're doing in, in, in really um, thrilling ways. So it is truly, as I said, the best form of this laboratory where we can just go crazy and create these unbelievable live experiences for an audience. So you just queued up my next question so beautifully because I was going to say, okay, let's go back to that laboratory uh, thought mm-hmm. you brought up earlier and and some of the crazy risks and chances you like to take. So let's look into the future a little bit. Where would you like to see Symphony headed in the coming years? How, how do you think technology might... Um, you might stir that into your uh, formula for where you'd like to see things going. Well, I won't go down the path of what I nerd out to. Maybe that's another conversation. <laughs> but I but I do nerd out to certain things. And one is sort of this artistic design of, of lighting and projection and graphic something or other. Um, I don't know how to do any of it. <laughs> but I do know what feels right and what looks good. And um, another element to what Sioux City is able to do is partner with these incredible, in some cases, inventors, whether they're a choreographer, a director, uh, a designer, um, and bring them in, set them down, and share ideas and create, in addition to the incredible music that's being produced, create this other element to that experience because that I think is the answer to where music is going now the ultimate sort of experience when someone comes to the hall it's not that that a Haydn symphony can't do that on its own because it can if it's done right but in today's age I do feel like the ultimate experience is important for either a person who's coming to the symphony for the first time or to open that person who's come to the symphony for the 1,000th time to really be a part of something new, even though they've heard that Haydn symphony four, five, six times. Um, This is where those inventors come into play. And so what some people might be surprised about, you know, my role in that is obviously I'm conducting the orchestra, um, and, and rehearsing, which most people don't get to see to begin with. But then after those rehearsals and after those, uh, those traditional sort of acts of a conductor, I may spend another two or three or four hours on site after a 10 p.m. rehearsal is closed to figure out what needs to be better in the lighting design or the projectors weren't just quite right here or there. So it is really a, a, an, an involved process, especially uh, it, it's my own fault, <laughs> of course, um, you know, with with coming up with these ideas. But um, I feel it, it is out of this world when I can partner with experts beyond what I'm able to do myself and bring all of these ideas and this creative spirit and energy together to create, again, this ultimate live um, experience. That's super cool. I guess a lot of people just think that your job starts when you step up on the box, right? <laughs> and you tap your, your, uh, tap the and get going. But that's uh, not at all the beginning. So there's a lot that goes into it. So one last question for you. Here you're coming up on a little vacation, some well-deserved <laughs> time off. What's what's on your playlist? Undis- undisclosed. <laughs> Don't find me. <laughs> I won't give away where you're going, but what will you be listening to? I think that's kind of interesting. 
Well, it's it's quite a lame response, to be honest. I, it's a nice buildup, but the response will be quite lame. And that is, you know, when I'm not working on uh, my next project or studying for something down the road, and you know, I could be I could be studying or preparing for something happening in a year or a year and a half, or some some cases two years if it's an opera or something like that. It takes a lot of preparation. When I'm not working. I don't listen to anything. <laughs> wow. um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that it's the same. A lot of people, you know, well, what do you what do you listen to when you drive down the road? A lot of the time I don't listen to anything. Um, the, the silence does something for me. Um, and it, I mean, it's not to say that, you know, I might turn on something. But quite honestly, what brings me the most peace is just silence. So maybe a couple of audible, you know, a couple uh, books to listen to maybe that way on the on the flights, but a lot of it will just be listening to the breeze. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And relaxing. Nature's music. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. Of course, Susan, uh, it was a great honor and um, I, I had a lot of fun. Before we sign off, um, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help others discover the series by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you can go on and rate us and review and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink.